We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Everyone is here today. Even Ippy is in the studio. Yay. Striped shirt, free hat. Clean shaven, sort of. Got rid of the beard. The fade, kid. Yo, do you shave? You shave like half your head. Yeah, I got the, the skin fade to the top. Damn. It's like three of your head. I'm not gonna lie. I would probably be rocking that if I had hair. That would probably be the look I'm rocking. Yo, at this point, you with hair would be so weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I can't imagine you with hair. I wish I had hair. I would still go bald now that you I know, know what I look like. You but... know who's still weird to me? Bald. Your brother, Johnny. Yeah. Because like I don't see him. Anywhere as close as I do to you. That's true. And like when I saw it, like when, like my oh Johnny's first, bald now. He's been bald. Johnny's been bald for a while. Yeah, Johnny's been bald for like two well, years. I know he was like he was still. He was on. almost bald for a long time, but he's bald right, right. Bald but bald I always bald. had him like a like the two up top and like the shape up. Michael's going bald too. Yeah. Jason is the only one hanging on right now. He's. But is he gonna be bald? Probably. Damn. My dad has strong bald genes, man. Well, clearly. My dad went started going bald at like twenty four years old. Damn. I started going bald to like 26, 27. Are your brothers pissed? Um, Michael, yo, they used to make fun of me all the time. I remember you saying it like, yo, I had the same amount of hair as you guys. Yes, I always told them like, yo, you think it's you. I had mad thick ass curly Greek thick hair. You remember? Yeah, it was wet. Yeah, it it looked like it was wet all the time even when it wasn't. Yeah. So it was greasy. Yeah. Just like <laughs> naturally. <laughs> it's a Greek thing. Naturally greasy. Yeah. And then it's just one day I, I, I was getting mohawks. Uh, you know, back when bar mohawks were like the cool thing to get. Yeah. And I, the guy gave me a mohawk and he put the mirror in the, in the, you know, it, you have the mirror that you're looking in right, and they right. got the handheld mirror. For the back and of I, the head, you know what I'm saying? And I caught a glimpse of like emptiness in the middle. And I was just like, yo, that had to be the light. Hold on. That had to be the light. All right. So I'm, I'm trying to keep it together. He's finishing me off. And right after I'm like, yo, could I see your, could I see your, you your mirror? Yeah, I go to the side mirror and I legit. 
I was there for 20 minutes just trying to convince myself that I wasn't going bald. So is, but is, I was. That, is that what Michael's doing right now? No, Michael's Michael's going Michael's going from the front. So Michael has oh, just like back. a he's yeah, he's, he's got a receding. a receding hairline and the and the front's going back. But it's happening rapidly. It's happening like really rapidly. Really? Yeah. So what is he saying? Is he's he gonna, just like fuck it. He's like I'm going to do this damn thing. Yeah, I'm just going to be bald, I guess. Yo, if I was He's down with his girl for that long. He's chilling. Yeah, he's he's chilling. If I started going bald, I think I'd lose it. I mean, your, it's not your hair is the most like sure thing. Yeah. Nah, bro. I worry about my hair. Like, yo, it's like death. You taxes don't have it, yeah. boss's hair. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any signs of receding. It's receding. I don't know. Nah, I don't. Think I don't so. want to say anything. Tim, let me say I don't know. Say it because I know the signs of receding, and right. I'll just say this: out of everyone in this room, how about this? There's two people showing some signs that receding could well, happen. Joe's Joe's had some. I, receding I am. For a while. No, no, no. On this side of my head. It looks like I'm receding. My oh. hairline's always been trash up here. Oh, uh, okay. But like so this side, oh yeah, you're right. Cause that side you're good. Cause cause this side, it, I know. Cause yo, when my hair's like this, right? I wake up in the morning and people are like, <laughs> yo, it looks like you had brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like I had like. Oh, a cause it's just straight back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Word, and word. This side is like different. Right. right. It's, it's always been like that. Like uh, you my, should you should be alright then. Yeah, I have a good side. That side, my bad. Did one. you ever get a uh, like a short haircut when you were little and get a shape up and you should be like so fucked up? Yeah, but like it was straight across. Oh, okay. But like my head, my forehead was just gigantic. I went to Bosley. And Bosley was like, "Yo, it's too late. <laughs> like, Sorry. literally, you'll you'll have scars up the because what they do is they take it from the back of your head and they move to the front. And you're supposed to have long hair to cover it, but they I just would have scars in the back of my head. The guy's like, "Yo, for real? Oh, honestly, in ten years, we're just gonna be able to put some hair in people's heads and it'll just be cool. So just like come back in ten years if you want still, but you know it's too late right now. It's not worth it. It's gonna co- it was it would have cost me like four sessions, like seventeen grand each session." Like, I don't even make that much. 17 grand yeah. a session? Yeah. How many sessions? Four. Hey, man. I would have to... I, I would be in, like, I student... I don't like debt. my hair that much. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally pay for sex for the rest of your life and not pay that much. That's what I said. And I, and I was in a relationship, too. Like, it's like... 17. And also, you have to take pills called Propecia that grow from the front because that's only good for the back, right? And the, one of the side effects of Propecia, 2% of the men who take it go impotent. Oh hell no! What What's the that fuck? Mean? Like you, you can't have you, kids. You, not even that. You you, you just you can't have trouble having up. boners. Yeah. Oh no, dick, no hope, man. No, yeah. So like, what's the point of having long hair if I have a limp dick? Like the whole point of hair is to go out there <laughs> yeah, and what? use my dick. And plus, I got a girl. I got. Well, a, would you she's my fiance this? now. It's over. Nah, for me. yeah, that's. I'm, I'm out for the count. But I hope R. you R. walked out the door when you heard the price. I would be like, oh, I'm good. Like what the fuck. I did. But yeah, I'm all set, bro. It was crazy. They took me through like a um. Like they put like a, this super zoom on my head, and it's like this is what a a thing should look like, like a head. And it was like, it looked like a forest, like a dense forest. And then like this is what your head looks like, dude. There. It looked like it looked like a forest after like a forest fire where there's just like a couple of half trees <laughs> off to the side. It was, just, it was over. Yeah, you were mad thin. Yeah, I got thin real quick. Yeah, yeah. thin. I wish my body was thin. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my body thinned out as quick as my hair did. That would be nice. <laughs> oh god. Um, all right, it's cool. Let's I'm just get to keep the... touching my hairs. I'm grateful now. <laughs> Let's get mm-hmm. to the uh, NFL uh, updates here. We have some some news here. Uh, first thing we have on the list: the Redskins have become the clubhouse leader to trade for Josh Rosen, according to Peter King. According to Peter King, is this a good move? I think if you're the Redskins, I mean, what what do you have to lose, right? You, the McCoy. McCoy, Colt McCoy can't stay healthy. And even if he does, he's Colt McCoy. And then Alex Smith, 
he looks like he was lucky to live. Who knows if he'll ever play again? So they're in a very big quarterback conundrum. They have Case Keenum, right. but no one's trying to have Case Keenum as their quarterback, right? I don't right? know. I think they are. I mean, after last season and after showing that he can't really carry a franchise. I think that Case Keenum is a starter. Yeah. Not like a fucking, like, you know, a top half starter, but he's he's a starter. Either way, if you're the Redskins, you don't have a team to put around Case Keenum where you can cover up for his mistakes. So why not go out there and get Josh Rosen? I don't know. Is it worth it to get Josh Rosen when you just got Case Keenum? Like, is there really... Sure, there's more, way more upside with Josh Rosen, but, you know, I'm just thinking of coming off the season that Josh Rosen had, and, like, yeah, he's a, he's a young kid and, like, whatever. But it's like, you have Case Keenum. Is it like, are you in a... A rush to get Josh Rosen, who is essentially a project. He's, you know, a couple of years before he's going to be, you know, as, as nice as he'll be. So, are you like really in a rush when you have Case Keenum? It's kind of like a placeholder. I mean, Nick always says, no QB, no hope. Mm-hmm. Like, he just changes the dick for just just this, this second. But that applies to that, too. Uh, you know, uh, true facts, facts, as, as he says as well. Quarterback is the dick of the offense. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You give up a second-round pick for Josh Rosen. You have your future quarterback in waiting. If you want to start Case Keenum this season, you still can. You can get out of that contract after the year, and Josh Rosen could take over. And all of a sudden, you have what, at least last year, people perceived as a franchise-level type starting quarterback. And the only thing, I mean, Nick, last uh, in, in one of our videos on, on uh, VM, goes really into why teams should trade for Josh Rosen. One of the reasons is, yo, Terrible offensive line, uh, terrible coaching, uh, terrible receiving options. Like th- it's not a it's not a coincidence that he struggled last year. So I yeah I'm I'm spending a second round pick on Rosen from the Redskins 100. All this tells me about the Redskins <coughs> is that they realized they fucked up letting Kirk Cousins go when they had a franchise. When you have a franchise quarterback, yeah, insane. You do anything well, you can to keep him, no matter what I, the price tag was. Even was the largest guarantee at the time of money. Like you do what you can to keep him. And when they pissed him off, franchise tagging him, you know, two years back to back and letting him walk, that whole situation like came apart, right? Last year they tried, they went out and got Alex Smith. This year they go out and get Case Keenum. Now they're the quote unquote clubhouse leader to get Josh Rosen. Like they're not, they're like pulling out all the stops to find one when they had one and they let him get away. So now they're they're a mess right now. That's all I get from this. Also, that's like the most sure, like that, that's a layup. Like, you have Kirk Cousins on your team. He performs the way he did under franchise tags, and you still don't sign him. I really have no faith in you to make a smart move. Like, that was a layup. Like, what are you going to do now? Well, sometimes why you have to overpay for someone or sign someone like Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton got extended and Ryan Tannehill is because you don't know what the other options are, and then you look around the league and you're struggling. You're getting journeymen or you're getting cast-offs from other teams. Uh, as far as Josh Rosen goes, I mean, I've kind of exhausted this point at, at this point. It's it's boring to me to talk about because I find it ridiculous that teams aren't trading for him. This guy was a 10th overall pick last year, and he was literally dealt a shitty situation. Offensive line was bad, like Tim mentioned. Steve Wilkes got fired after one year. A Poor weapons on the outside. You know, they had the most runs up the middle. I think Tim yeah. always mentions with David Johnson. And it was just, he got thrown to the wolves. And look, if you look at his numbers, because I've done a deep research on this, when Josh Rosen was in the lineup, they actually performed better than when he wasn't in the lineup. And sure, it's a small sample size, but I just think it's a no-brainer. Shit, I would give up a first-round pick to get him. I'm not saying I'd give up a top-five pick, but 
you know, Oakland has some extra draft picks. Watch New England. They got 12 picks, six in the top 101 picks. They might make a move for a guy like that. And then just don't say uh, you, you haven't been hearing these uh, warning shots I've been throwing. It, look, if, if, you're the, if you're the Redskins, why not? Honestly, why not? What do you have to lose? Second That's your pick, third trade, though, for a quarterback in less than a calendar year. Probably. That's what happens when you give up Kirk Cousins. I feel that, but I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I would do it. I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, all right. Also, we have Peter King staying on Peter King. He's saying that Dwayne Haskins has moved to the fourth QB on the board behind Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. What are your thoughts? I know Nick's thoughts. I mean, Bucky Brooks has him as his number one QB still, so not Bucky every, Brooks. <laughs> not yeah, everyone. That's a great name. Hell yeah. <laughs> not Sounds everyone like a, is really like a, Bucky like Brooks. A, like a fairy tale name. But look, I think you're starting to see the doubts of he was just a one year starter. And I think that's something that scares people away. Um, you know, you have stories like guys like Mark Sanchez, who was a one year starter at USC. Um, you don't have a giant sample size when you're looking at these guys. Now, Haskins had an incredible season. But I think it's it's fair to question because he's not he's not a traditional quarterback. Uh, he's he he has the big arm, but again he's not he's not that the guy that has four years in college and you get to see him and you get to see him grow and like kind of like a Sam Darnold type of dude where he had two years as a starter at least and he was has two year and a half years as a starter. So it's it's I think you're starting to see the doubts come up, but you can't believe anything you're hearing about the draft right now. Honestly, you can't. This is where the lies begin. This the is around lies. the time where like nothing you read is real. I don't know. I haven't liked Dwayne Haskins from the beginning. He just doesn't do it for me. Um, there's a there's a big unknown with Daniel Jones. I don't know enough about him for me to say anything. And Drew Locke, I liked him last year, and he kind of disappointed me this year with Missouri. Uh, Kyler Murray, my bad. I still don't have faith in a guy that size. And I don't just mean the hype because there have been guys that have been really producing at that height, but he's tiny. He's like, what, 180 pounds, 185 pounds? He's a small-built quarterback, and he's one of those guys, the same thing with Baker Mayfield. I was completely wrong on Baker Mayfield, but I still feel happier to root from him from afar. So, yeah, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, this isn't new to me. It's it's kind of – I wasn't a fan of his from the beginning. One-year starter, and they have some weapons on Ohio State, man. You might see some of those wide receivers go in the first three rounds. So he did have a lot of talent with him. I mean, I like Haskins. He was stuck behind, like, a college grade in JT Barrett those years. So it's not like he wasn't starting because he – I mean, I guess you could say he wasn't good enough, but they had a, like, four-year starter in JT Barrett. And he's not like the other Ohio State quarterback, Cardell Jones, who had, what, two or three games. Like, he put it together a full season. So, I think that one year, like, that one season argument is kind of weak, in my opinion. Ohio State like, quarterbacks a knock. don't succeed generally in the, in, in the pros. So, that's another reason maybe why people are staying away. I mean, yeah, recently. But, I mean, what what Ohio State quarterback was as highly regarded recently? That's true. But let's let's even take it further. When's the last Urban Meyer quarterback that had success in the pros? Alex Smith? And that took him a while. And Alex Smith was a senior. Oh, I was at Utah. Yeah, no, that's no. a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. He was yeah, at Utah. Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long ass time ago. Like he, none of those Florida quarterbacks did anything. There's been no Ohio State quarterbacks. Yeah, but that could just like attest his recruiting though. Like he doesn't recruit to recruit pros. That's true. He recruits the like the athletic quarterback. If you think about it, like Jeff Driscoll. Jacoby Brissett, Tim Tebow, Jeff Driscoll. But the same way, hey, if let's you let's not pretend Tim Tebow didn't do anything. All right. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he threw that slant. He, he and did. it was and it was a good one. <laughs> it was a good slant. Now he's it taking actually the Mets. 
Hey man, shots a mess. Yo, if that guy steps foot on a field, I'm it'll there. be just for tickets. Well, guess what? It's gonna be a packed house, and yeah. everyone's gonna be wearing. It's their not angels. gonna be though, because the Mets are gonna be, be good. Row. I promise you. Like you know how Angels in the outfield people did the. The, the wings when I promise you that's going to happen when Tim Tebow gets Yo, it, it won't and be. And you know why? Because I'm going to start it. You know what? It won't be with the Mets because the Mets are going to be good this year and they want to compete. And I don't think they care about the money thing anymore. If anything, that, that chance, like that ship sailed last year. Or he could be good. He was pretty good in the minors last year. Look what I Look, started. the average is Look down. how deep the Mets are. And now, yeah, now you started baseball. <laughs> we can't Look how deep the Mets are, man. You got the two we baseballs. Can't we can't yeah. stop. Brandon Nimmo. What about Nimmo? Nimmo's got like he's betting like a 45. Yeah, he's been better the last couple days. 19 Ks and like 21 at-bats to bad. start the year. Sounds like my baseball career. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like just to go back to your original point, like he recruits the athlete who like the dual threat quarterbacks. But Haskins to win at the college le- level. Haskins isn't really a dual threat guy. He's more of a traditional pocket passer. Either yes, way. He is. Either way. Either way. We'll see. Uh, all right. Next. Jared Jones says Dak's deal must be team friendly. And to read the quote, he said, there's two sides to this. We really just never just gotten into the weeds in terms with Dak himself, in terms of what his preference is. I know he's focused on winning and really getting as many players as he can out there working so we can have a great team next year, a.k.a. Ask for $1 million. Can I just ask what Dak's preference is? Was it winning or like are those the two options? I think that's what he's saying. Uh, the the, like, what do you the think preference is like, I'd like to get paid, dude. I'm a starting quarterback yeah. on the Cowboys. The hot dogs are $400. <laughs> and I have fucking money? You know yeah, what? And also you've gotten him cheap already. So you've gotten value out of that contract. Yeah, for three years, you haven't, been, you haven't been paying him shit. I think the kicker makes more money than him. He, he definitely makes like under $2 million, which is nothing compared to... That's another thing with Josh Rosen, just to go back a little bit. Cardinals already paid like, I think, 60% of his salary. Yeah. So it'd be like a 2 or $3 million cap hit for three years. You know, we always talk about how that's the best luxury to have if you find a starting quarterback and you don't pay him. So as far as uh, Dak goes, I've been waiting for this moment as a Giants fan. I can't wait till they have to pay Dak Prescott because then Zeke's going to have to get paid. Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, they just paid Demarcus Lawrence also. The offensive line is going to get weak because... You're going to have to pay other guys. And Dak, he's going to command $25 million a year because that's what a quarterback makes nowadays. So you're going to have to pay him. And look, what else is there, right? If you don't have Dak, who do you have? So who do you have? So <laughs> I was hoping you said yeah, that. Yeah, so you just have to – teams are in weird spots, man. Te- teams are in weird spots, you know. D- just to talk a little – really briefly about the NBA, right, like – Kemba Walker might make all NBA, and if he does, he triggers the Supermax. And B and I were talking about it on the NBA show. And what happens is Charlotte's going to be able to offer him five for $220 million. That's $50 million more than any other team could offer him. But it's like if you're Charlotte, if you don't pay him and he walks, who's, who are you going to go watch as a right. fan, right? How are you going to sell your fan base? Uh, who are you going to sign with that money? And, and then if you do sign him, you're, you're settling for at best – or every shot falls, you're a six seed yeah, you're and you're bound. Right? So that's the same thing with Dak. If you don't sign Dak Prescott, who's going to replace him? And if you do sign Dak Prescott, it's like you're signing up for an occasional wild card appearance, and that's about it. They fucking walked right into this Dak Prescott, too. Like, he was a yeah. fourth round pick, and like they had Tony Romo at the time. Like, Dak Prescott was never in the plans. No one knows how to dance around the subject and say things without actually saying it like the old rich white man. And Jerry Jones pulled an old rich white man vocabulary um, trick there. What he's basically saying is publicly he's putting out, Dak, you need to take less money if you want to win. 
And that's what he's saying to Dak Prescott out in the public. And honestly, like you said, Nick, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm saying uh, you could suck it because yeah, absolutely. you, you just to. got a cheap – you got so many cheap years out of me. You already got me at a premium. Now you got to pay for me. He's also an older pay dude, up, bro. too. Dak is older. He came out Dak after Prescott? four years, I Yo, think. whoa. Dak Prescott made 680 yeah, I knew he was grand. making six figures. Yeah, bro. Fourth S- round pick. You're not making 680 anything. grand. He's he, making more often. 70, 70th paid quarterback that's this year. Crazy. There's backup. Josh Dobbs money. is making more money than son. him. That's my Madden quarterback. <laughs> EJ Manuel. That's horrible. Wow. EJ Manuel. Tyler Bray. He led the preseason also in the yards. son. Lead the I can't even tell you what team Tyler Bray's on. And Jeez, I know just, that was a question. I know a whole bunch of. Didn't you ask that question? Did I? No, I, I asked the question. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, who My led? Bad. I said it Jesus. was a Jeopardy question. It was like, who led the preseason in yards? It was Tyler Bray. That's son, that's yeah. about it, though. Um, so where do you, where do you think realistically Dak lands though? Like that's the 20, other thing. 22? Like, what other suitors are there out there? Like, there ready, will be. ready to give out twenty million dollars for Dak. Do you think a lot let, of teams? I bet you the Giants would be would be on the list of those teams. So twenty million starts at the sixteenth highest paid quarterback, which is Cam Newton, which is about where he sits. I think that you got to give him at least twenty million if that's what if that's what Nick Foles got this year, right? And you got to think that Nick Foles is way he's got to get twenty five, right? He has to. He's got to get at least twenty five. Yeah, and twenty five would tie Derek Carr, Drew Brees, and Drew Brees. He's in that category. He's also just well, that's top five, but that he's also just like this is. It's just time to get paid as we right. always so lose cycle. Yeah. He's not gonna get Mahomes money. He shouldn't expect that. But very should. rarely, and I know last year, I believe the top six most expensive quarterbacks all didn't make the playoffs. I think it was. It was like Stafford, Ryan, Carr, Rogers, Jimmy G. Yo, when you pay your quarterback, it takes up like 30, 25, 30% percent of your cap. It's a big hit. Especially and, when they're not playing like some of them were. Yeah, and especially when like, yo, my bad, Dak Prescott's a game manager for me. He's not a guy that wins you games, so yeah. it's not a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Andrew Luck where it's like, all right, those guys are going to go down and win you a game. So they're, they're asking for it, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, also, we have Jerry McCoy. He's getting shopped by the Bucks. Hasn't reported team activities. Where do you think he's going? I don't know. There's a lot of teams that could use him. Uh, Jerry McCoy is one of the better defensive linemen in the game. Um, it's interesting that he, that he's on the way out. He was always like – during Hard Knocks, he was depicted as like this loose clubhouse team leader type of guy. Mm. So it's interesting that the new that Bruce Arians, who like had a guy like Calais Campbell in Arizona, in Arizona, you know, like that type of dude that like the that the veteran presence, yeah, like that veteran defensive interior lineman kind of guy. Like uh, it's it's a little bit surprising, but hey, I, I don't question Bruce Arians. He's I, also paid a ton, too. That, that's the thing, and that's one thing that I feel like people underestimate and forget. When some of these guys get cut or released, it's not because they're bad. right? Like, Justin Houston is still a top edge rusher, but the Chiefs didn't want to pay him $16 million no more. And that's the same thing I think you see with Gerald McCoy. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, it's tough. I feel like that position, that defensive tackle, or anywhere along the defensive line when they get paid – I feel like they're often moved within a couple of years from that contract. Like I just remember Muhammad Wilkerson, most notably for the Jets, he yeah. got paid, and they moved on from him. What year two? Yeah. So it's just like it's tough. You want to keep that player around for another one or two more years, but realistically, how many years of the contract are they going to fulfill at, at that same high level? Especially after you get paid and you're working in the trenches all your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, not that it gets tiring, but it's just it's that's a 
one of the toughest jobs in football. Aaron Donald has also changed the game in terms of he's a, interior linemen. He's also are, a rare breed. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, like, I agree. People I are trying to get pressure from the interior now because they can see what kind of disruption that Aaron Donald causes. So everyone's looking for that. Everyone's all over the kid from Houston. The interior lineman, I forget his Ed name. Oliver. Ed Oliver. Yeah, everyone's all over this guy because they say he's the next Aaron Donald because he can get pressure from the inside. So it's it's going to be interesting to see because the guy that's what Ed Oliver is like two ninety or something like that. Where he's 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 smaller for he's like a speed interior lineman. So it's interesting to see because a guy like that wouldn't even be considered in the past. So it's interesting. It is. It's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. And and um, who who were we just talking about? Uh, his name is John McCoy. He's he's in more of the classic defensive tackle kind of form. Someone's playing Boomer Sooner every morning in the weight room. It's crazy. On hard knocks. Remember that? What? He would play the Sooner's uh, fight song um, when he was lifting at like 4 a.m. or whatever it was. It's crazy how he like Psycho. sort of just James like Rick. faded out so fast. I feel like he was like the guy. It was like, oh my god, this guy is amazing. And like Geno Atkins, like back then they were both like the. Interior defensive lineman, and then they're just like next year. Geno Atkins, another contract that's killing the Bengals. The He's Bengals taking up way too much of that cap cap room. Way uh, too much. Uh, Gaskowski re-signing with the Pats. Uh, ASJ also signs with the Pats. Like the ASJ. It's interesting for fantasy. Yeah, nah. Nah, I think they get one of those Iowa tight ends. You think so? Yeah, they're definitely gonna take a tight end in the in the, in the draft. I think. I don't know. I think ASJ is like a good like, re- I like replacement for, for Gronk. I think that no one replaces Gronk. Well, well obviously not. But no, but I mean, to get those passes. Here's what I mean. I think they completely changed the offense. Really? Like, I think that they reinvented. I think that they go more to the outside receivers, maybe get a slot receiver more involved. You don't think ASJ is Gronk? I'm not saying the level, but I'm saying like the same kind of player. Like, he's a catch tight. He's right, a, yeah. right. Yes, he is. He is. He has right. the ability to be Gronk. So but why not? Yo, yo, oh, yo. Honestly. We've seen, though, people take Gronk's place and not be as good. Like Dwayne Allen. He, he, he He's almost the same person yeah, as ASJ. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah kind of. They're kind of the same guy. <laughs> yeah, no, kind of. I, honestly, no, he, I'm yo, glad ASJ you... played good for the Jets. He did. So I think that he was hurt in Jacksonville too. He got hurt. He was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I don't know. I think that they also love Mercedes Lewis way too much. Yo, also like you know, I'm one of those people that whatever the Patriots do, I'm like, oh man, that guy must be good. <laughs> you know, so honestly, signing like, ASJ and we've seen ASJ, especially with the Jets. I've seen him like recently, like. Performed pretty well. Like you were talking him up when he was on when not in New York. So like, I could see him being implemented into that offense and taking Gronk's place, and obviously not doing as good of a job as fucking Gronk was. But it's a healthy supplement, I guess. You want to hear something about the Patriots that you said? Like, if they got him, he must be good. Want to hear a crazy stat that I heard in another podcast that I was listening to? Fifty percent of the draft picks that have been traded for in the last ten years have been the Patriots. So they are the kings of like trading their draft assets and moving back and getting more more picks and, and using those picks. And they buy low on your players. That's been their thing. Right. They got Van Noy from from the Lions, I think, and he was a top pick for them, and he was their starting linebacker in the Super Bowl. It's also how you keep your your uh, cap under control. He's also like the leading tackler, I think, on the team in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and Goskowski. Sure, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's Kicker good. love. He's 35. Not? He's good. Uh, Sterling Shepard, four years, $41 million, <laughs> 21.3 guaranteed. What? Highest paid slot wide receiver, too. Top 20 in the league in terms of uh, average uh, yearly value. Anyone else in here think that Sterling Shepard's a top 20 wide receiver? 
I don't think there's. Uh, uh, I don't think. Maybe if we got some drugs in this room and we all took them, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'd be in that boat, dude. What do you guys think as Giants fans? Nothing. I I I think I know nothing. I'm just confused uh, now. Nothing makes sense. It's just the, the, the pattern continues. I like Sterling Shepard. I always like Sterling Shepard. He hasn't hit what I thought he could hit as far as potential and ceiling goes, but. Sign Golden Tate. You're paying two slot wide receivers the same amount of money, pretty much. So, I don't know. Until it's, until number ten goes, it's not going to be fun. That's the that's the thing. Like, why would you pay a slot receiver right after you paid a slot receiver? It just doesn't make much sense to me. Unless they're unless they're thinking of a brand new offense that features two slot receivers at all times. I don't even know that that will work. And then who? Yeah, and then who is the question? Saquon. I, I just don't understand what the plan is. Like, that I really makes... don't. Like, if you're going to rebuild, rebuild. Don't give giant contracts to slot receivers. What are you doing? I don't mind if they paid Shepard what they paid him and they didn't bring in Golden Tate. But the fact that you bring in Golden Tate and then you pay you pay him what you paid him and then you pay Sterling Shepard, it's like, all right, once again, we have no idea what we're doing as an organization. How does it feel like... To know that Dave Gettleman kind of just came in and just <laughs> just tore it down. It honestly is like weird to like when you, when you have like a thing in place for so many years and it's like okay this is what we're gonna do and it's like it's okay to be bad, but then when someone comes in and then completely starts making some moves that it's like all right this completely changes the dynamic of the team, and fucking Eli's still playing which is annoying but like whatever. It does feel weird. That's like all right yo someone's like fucking this up. One thing I said in this podcast when it happened I thought. The firing of Jerry Reese was going to be something that Giants fans regretted. I feel like he was always underappreciated in Giants circles. Nah, he he had really bad draft classes too. You have to blame him for that. He I did. mean, yo, none of his first round picks re-signed the second contract, so he had to go too. He was a good team builder, though. He was. He he like he understood what what balanced a good team. Yo, it's easy uh, to, to say that about him when you have Gettleman doing shit like this. Though. Yeah, I, but that, I also, but that's that's his point. Right. Is the no, grass yeah. isn't always greener. Yeah, but that doesn't mean yeah, but he also had some good hits in the draft. He did, but he also like a lot of people forget that he inherited uh the team from Ernie Acorsi, yes, the first team that won the Super Bowl. And then a lot of the pieces that ended up playing in the twenty eleven Super Bowl also were all of Ernie Acorsi's pieces that ended up like hitting their ceiling later on right so you have like justin tuck you have osu minora eli manning of course and some of the offensive linemen so i mean i i liked reese he was he was finding gems in the later rounds but his first round pick track record is you can't have your first round picks just get up and leave or like retire early and shit i can't blame david wilson because he got hurt but that's still you can't have your first round picks not resign with you that's a bad look on your on it your is. organization terrible look i like david wilson though um all right, cool. We have also Demarcus Lawrence. He signs a five-year, one hundred and five million dollar contract, sixty-five million guaranteed, most ever for a non-QB. This guy got paid. There's two positions that you got to pay, and three positions that you got to give big money to in football: edge rusher, quarterback, left tackle. It's it it's, it is what it is, and he's one of the better. Look, quarterback sacks are one of the most important thing quarterback pressures really are is the most important thing you can do on defense. If if you get pressure on a quarterback, your corners get better, your safeties get better, your linebackers get better, the rest of your linemen get better. Everything 
depends on pressure. So you have to pay for pressure. And when you're a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, who he said it himself, they could have got him for a lot cheaper last offseason, but they decided not to. They decided to wait it out and see what happens. And this is what happened. So, you know, he deserves the money. And now you got Jerry Jones coming out and saying Dak Prescott's got to take a little less. Yeah, sometimes you get burnt when you don't pay your guys and you let other teams set the market. Aaron Donald got paid, Khalil Mack got paid, and then the Marcus Lawrence is looking at that like, hey, man, my production is kind of up there with those guys too, so I want to get paid now. And then the next guy up always sets the new market. That's what happens with the Marcus Lawrence. Yeah, I just like I said, I just talked about it. I don't think he's going to fulfill this whole contract. I'm sure he'll be moved on from him eventually in two or three years. Interesting. He's still young. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, that's a, that's a fat contract, though. He's a, he's such a like, beast, man. Like, yo, Justin Houston didn't fulfill. They cut him with two years left. But that's what I'm saying. You can see yeah. the same shit with Demarcus Lawrence. It's a lot, bro. Um. All right. Also, just to close off the show here, we have the Antonio Brown and Juju beef going on on social media. Let's go. So weird. Um. But yeah, AB was going off on Juju. It was very weird. Strange. I mean, I was down, I was Team AB before this, but yo, wait, were you? Because he was kind of like psycho. I mean, I would. I, I'm usually a guy who's for players getting paid because I believe that they. I believe that football players are extremely underpaid. I'm one of the few Americans that believe that athletes in general are some of the most underpaid people in the world. Um, I think you are. Yes. Yeah, because everyone sees the hundred million dollar contracts that a special. 50 people get in the world but they don't see the dude that has to pay his own way to ride the bus in the minor leagues and so on and so forth so i i just think that sports as a whole are underpaid so when anyone can get their money get your money i think that's just also because like it's also a billion dollar industry so like that fact isn't scary like i disagree with you but of course because the money is there right the money is to be had and it's going into the pockets of the the old white guys that have never stepped foot on the field right. right so um where was I? What was I talking about? Oh, A.B. So, yeah, but the way he did it, first of all, was leaving his team week 17 and doing it because your quarterback is talking shit about you. And then you turn around and you talk shit about your former teammate, a guy who looked up to you, a guy who res- who has not said a bad word about you all offseason. Like, for real, has not said a bad word about you. What are you doing, bro? Like, Bro, a guy who was humble enough to DM him, like, yo, what does it take to get to the next step? Yeah, he, like, posted a screenshot of him, like, when he when he was in college, like, hey man, I look up to you. Like, what can I do to take the next step? Like, he was trying to do that to son him. Like, yo, this guy's a fan. Like, whatever, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, that is the like, worst. Like, how is he team MVP if he's asking me for advice? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. That's just like ego, bro. And it's exactly what we talked about because we talked about that on a previous episode where we were kind of speculating, obviously, and saying like, Juju won team MVP. And that hurt his feelings. He feels underappreciated. He puts I up strongly the, disagreed with that, too, at the time. At, he puts up gaudier numbers, and he scores more touchdowns and whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's more consistent than Juju is, but Juju's the next thing up. So we were like, yo, he just feels offended and like underappreciated because of that. And it just kind of it kind of shows because before this incident, it was more so like, Ben was the guy who he had a problem with of being like, yo, this guy's an asshole. He doesn't listen to anyone and he like does whatever the fuck he wants. It's like, you know, the the fucking president or the owner and then him. And it's just like, and and now with the Juju shit, it's like, yo, why are you going after Juju? Like this dude's been nice to you and he's just playing his game. Like, why are you jealous? And it just kind of validates us and 
what we were saying. He was jealous that he's the next guy up, and it just shows. Now you just look like an asshole. A, t- a giant piece of shit yeah, coming I, out of an asshole. I remember kind of laughing that you guys had brought that up, that he would be like jealous of a team award. Like, this dude's been in the league for how long? And he's kind of seen it all and whatnot. Like, I don't think he really cares about a team MVP award, but I could probably couldn't have been more wrong on that yeah bro it shows like it there's no reason to go at juju especially when you show that dm like it'd be one thing if he showed juju like being fucked up but we're him being like yo what's good you, you're like my idol and like yo show me like some mm. give me some advice like that just shows like how are you trying to make him look bad by saying that that yeah, makes no and then sense he got clowned because everyone was like yo he like he looks up to you. Like he's he's admiring your work. Yeah, you're like, like one me of the DMing, best receivers in the league. That's like me DMing Bill Simmons and be like, "Yo, you have any advice on like podcasts and stuff?" And then he just like clowns me, like, "Oh, look at this." Yeah, fan look boy. at it's this. Like, look at this fanboy trying to get my advice on yeah. podcasts. I think I know what happened. Bitch. I think I think when uh, Antonio Brown went out to the field and he was running routes with Derek Carr, he realized how much of an asshole he is that he no longer has B- Big Ben. Let's not forget this guy has zero, zero touchdowns without Ben Roethlisberger with backup court. quarterbacks though. Fine. Like Derek Carr's a starting starting quarterback. I think AB will be all right. All right, that's fair. That's a fair point. We also will see. We'll see. I mean, but, yeah, well, only time. Was but up, also, sure. since the time AB got in the league, the Steelers have been averaging ten and a half wins a season, and the Raiders have been averaging six. And there's still signs of them rebuilding. And AB just wanted to get paid, yo. He just wanted to get paid. He's another guy. We were talking about Dak Prescott before, how he was a guy that they got him in the fourth round and they got a lot of value out of him. Yo, the Steelers didn't have to pay him the first three, four years either when he was an elite wide receiver. So he just wanted to get paid. He got his money, but he's just, he's a bitter ex that still can't get over his ex-girlfriend. Straight That's what up. it seems like. I and agree. It, he's acting and, as such as well. And, and, and the pattern in Pittsburgh has always been like, yo, this AB did this to someone else. AB took the reins from someone else too, and now it just happened to AB. That's just how Pittsburgh just cycles wide receivers. No one develops wide receivers like the Steelers do. And people are going to forget about AB within with, by week five next year because I think James Washington is someone that people are forgetting that the Steelers drafted in the second round. These guys have drafted have not missed on a wide receiver. They it's haven't hard, missed. It's hard to say that, bro. Who they've missed on? No, no just, one. No, I'm just saying it's hard to say you're going to forget about. Yo, the dude AB is a monster. James no, I'm saying Juju dude, the will numbers be there. that AB puts up, like you're going to notice. I don't think you will. I think no. I mean, you would be put up 1,400 yards and like fucking 10 touchdowns every year. Yeah, but you'd yeah, be able to say the same thing about Santonio Holmes and Emmanuel Sanders and Plaxico Burris and Heinz Ward. Like, the, all these guys did that. Heinz Ward, I don't think, was a numbers dude. He was just like a good wide receiver who could block. Wasn't a numbers guy. Yeah. He was also a tenured, like, stealer for life. I'm just saying, like, all, yeah. every nah. time they lost these guys, they were like, well, how are we going to live without him? No, yeah, they could, they could replace him, sure. And James Washington, like, I mean, I, we haven't seen it, but who's to say like he won't like be productive? But is he going to put up fourteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns? Absolutely fucking not. Here's here's the question I got: If you're a Ra- if you're the Raiders, if you're a teammate of Antonio's, what are you thinking? Also, wait, hold on, real quick. I'm sorry just to cut that whole thought off, but I got <laughs> I got an, I got an update on my phone the other day from Bleach Report, and it said that Del Rio actually came out and said that he knows that Antonio Brown's going to be a problem in Oakland. I mean, Ryan Clark's been saying that for how long? Yeah. For years now. Once he's yeah. like, yo, he's one of those guys that once he what's, gets paid. What's Jack Del Rio's uh, well, he's connection a former, obviously to he's a former AB? Obviously, co- he's a former coach of, of the Raiders, yeah. And you just have to assume that coaches talk to each other. So okay. maybe this is coming straight from Gruden. That's speculation, but you know, you have to or assume. Or straight from Mike Tomlin. Right, right. Yeah. Or, or that, That yeah. would make more sense. Coaching fraternity, as yeah. they call it. Mm. But he said, I can already tell he's going to be a problem in Oakland. It's interesting. What if he is a problem in Oakland? Like, how do you deal with that? Because you're probably not going to be winning. And Derek Carr doesn't You're seem not like the type of guy. But also, Antonio Brown doesn't strike me as someone like 
uh, he doesn't strike me as someone who cares about winning. He cares more about like just, you know, if he has a hundred yards and two touchdowns, who gives a shit if we won? Hmm. Yeah, he wants. I to don't get know. His. He wants to get his. I slightly disagree. I don't know. He kind of because like last season was like the first time the Steelers as a whole really faced adversity in terms of winning. Yeah, but and that's he, when things broke down when well, like Juju was getting more targets. Well, and it he, coincidentally affect. It was also when Juju came and broke out of his shell and was kind of like, oh, I'm not the man anymore. So that's a selfish thought. It wasn't he, necessarily like because they were fucking up also in the beginning of the, se- the year. We were like, yo, what the fuck's going on with the Steelers? And then Juju was like the guy also on top of that. So. I mean, yeah, but there was also the Le'Veon Bell adversity going on. Like the Steelers were no, facing yeah. a ton of shit. No, absolutely. But I think I think to I think it's safe to say that Antonio Brown plays for himself and not his team. Just by, just judging by his actions, he quit on his team week seventeen. Like a lot of, of the, course, yeah, a lot yeah. of the backlash no he was that. getting was like, he said that Juju coughed up the season when he fumbled. Yeah, like yeah, yes, like, he yo, did. How do you say that? But he was playing in the game while you were standing on the sideline in a fur coat. Like, nah, AB was in that game. Uh, shout he, out the he, next week. It was the Saints game that he fumbled. Right, Juju. Yeah. Week sixteen. Yeah, week he seventeen. Shout out. Was against the, um, That's what I, that was the final straw for AB. Either like, way, they had a chance done. to make the playoffs in that Bengals game. If I'm not mistaken, they, they didn't need a lot to game, go right, but they could have. Yeah, they yeah. could have made it. Nah, they won that game. They needed the Ravens to lose. Right, and the Ravens didn't lose. That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah, and the and and the and the Titans didn't lose. Yeah, oh, that's right. Either way, he's not playing on team corner. Either way. I don't fuck with that shit. Vontaze Perfect fucks with it. Also a Raider now. That's, That's another thing. Juju stood up for him. Juju took a $100,000 penalty. He got fined for hundred k when he blindsided uh, Vontaze Perfect. Vontaze Perfect. And he's, a, he's another one who's on a rookie contract that six, 100K is fucking yeah, it's like, like 20% of his yeah. contract. <laughs> that shit is crazy. Like 20, that's 100. Not 20%. Why not? He's making more than... Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. If he's making 500000 a year, that's 20%. He's making, trying to make more than that. He was a second round pick, no? Yeah, what? he was a second round. How much did you, did you make? Yeah, Joe's Joe's bringing it up now. Four years, four million dollars. Four years, four million dollars. So, all right, twenty nineteen. So he's gonna make. Yeah, he's gonna make like eight forty five. Eight forty five. Ten percent. So around right, 10, Wait, 15%. when was this? Twenty seventeen. Oh, twenty seventeen. He he hit him. Yeah, he was making like seven hundred. Yeah, right, there you right. go. So like like to about fifteen percent of his salary right there. That's nuts. Yeah, as well. If I lost fifteen percent of my salary, I would cry. I'd have a nervous breakdown. I'm sure at the time, though, I'm sure someone paid that for him. I'm trying to say for a wedding, this shit is crazy. Yeah, that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just, that shit. That's uh, crazy. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that, but it's crazy out here I mean, in, the, in the world, in the adult world. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I said we were gonna wrap up the show, but I fucked up. But we, we have <laughs> another segment that we want to do called uh, "Who's Next." It's kind of like the next players up, who's gonna take the next step. So who do you guys have uh, as taking the next step this uh, season? I'm going with a dude in Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin. I um, like that a lot. I like Chris that a Godwin. lot. Chris Godwin. I like Deshaun that Deshaun Jackson is not there no more. He was the Deshaun Jackson replacement. Anytime D-Jax was not in the lineup, Chris, John, uh, Chris Godwin excuse me, was a plug-and-play. Um, made a lot of money off him on Daily Fantasy. Even the game in which uh, he kind of shit the bed against the Ravens, this past season, he had he had ten targets and two of them in the end zone. So like, Jameis looked for him, Fitzpatrick looked for him too. He's probably gonna fill in now, and I think he's gonna have a monster year. Uh, I believe it was Bruce Arians said that he saw comparisons of. Um, you guys can hear Joe's stream coming right now. Wow, I could hear. It, yeah, listen. To sh- 
That's Joe peeing from the other room. Wow, that's great. Elite stream. <laughs> uh, elite also might be uh, Chris Godwin if he fills out to be the Larry Fitzgerald role that Bruce Arian said he might duplicate. So I really like Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin could surpass 1,000 yards this year if he plays every single game. I think one thing as well is with the addition of Bruce Arians, that offense takes the next step, and he's going to play the slot. And when a slot receiver in a Bruce Arians offense is deadly. You saw it with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you, you saw it in the past with Heinz Ward when he was the Steelers offensive coordinator. Uh, so you, you've seen him take these guys and really run with them, and I feel like Chris Godwin is just going to be the next slot receiver up. I really, really like that pick, Nick. I like when, you, when you said the pick in the, in the chat, I was like, damn, that's the guy I should pick. Yo, Chris Godwin also, I think last year was just like a touchdown machine. Like randomly, yeah. like he would have a touchdown like every single week. Like Nick won a lot of DFS, and I, I won a lot of weeklies on the back of Chris Godwin. But then I lost my team. Since he I came started. in the since he came in the league, with the exception of that Ravens game, I think he either scored a hundred. He 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 either scored a touchdown or he had a hundred yards in every game that he played when Deshaun Jackson was out. So, nice, nice. let's see. I'm gonna go with another wide receiver, who's looking to step up for his team. I'm going DJ Chark, who was. Let's go. That's yeah, your I'm, man. My boy. Was, you were talking about <laughs> the best wide wide receiving core in the league. That's right. He was talking about their wide receiver corps. Um, Yo. Yeah. He was taken a year after the, the same year they let Allen Robinson walk, right? They brought in Dante Moncrief. He's now gone. Um, so that's, uh, you know, one guy out of the way for him. I know Marquise Lee is coming back, but I think DJ Chark really steps up. He was stuck in Jacksonville. Obviously, probably the worst situation you can go to as a rookie uh, coming out of the draft was there with Blake Bortles. Their offense was crippled. Um, D.D. Westbrook stepped up. That You have Killing Cole there, who took a step back in year two. He did. And he's an undrafted guy, so they don't really owe him much. Uh, whereas DJ Chark is a second-round pick, so they have a lot of invested in him and riding on him. So I think he can really step up. Um, DD's more of like the big play guy. He's Chark is also like a speedster, but he's a 6'3 guy who can do work over the middle of the field. So I think he's bound for a breakout year. He only had a, 170 yards and missed the end of the season. I think the last four or five games with a quad injury. Um, I know there was also – you got to believe half of what you read. Like you said, we're talking about practice reports. People were raving about him in practice, but it never translated uh, in the 11 games he did play. But now that he has a more competent quarterback in Nick Foles, I think he's in line for a breakout year. I could see him putting up maybe 800 yards in the year two and, and, and like five touchdowns maybe. Um, so, yeah, I got DJ Chark, who's also – he's 6'3", like I said. So he's a big guy in the red zone that they would need this year. I'm going to humble flex for a second. I didn't make many, humble flex. Oh, humble flex. I didn't make many mistakes in fantasy last year, but one of the mistakes I made was I have to remind myself that rookie quarterback, rookie wide receivers are not, do not draft them. Do not take them. You cannot count on rookie wide receivers. Well, if you were counting on the other hand, a rookie wide receiver with Blake Bortles, and I don't know. Second year wide receivers. Ha ha. Now those guys, Yo, your they tend to do well. Once again, you ran into me in the playoffs. Oh, fuck this guy. Right, double Yo, I just, champ. I just double let champ, you know, folks, in case anyone forgot. His laminated shit is on my is yes. on my dresser. It's on my dresser right now. Champ, champ. Is it like a Me, thing Connor, you see and Becky morning? Lynch, baby. I'm just like, he was like, yo, this year's my year. Like, this, I got to bounce back this I'm, year. I'm winning. I'm, I, usually the San Agato Studios League is not in, like my number one league. This year it's my number one league. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm coming for you all. My guy is not going to be a surprise to many people who know my deal. My next up is Sam Darnold. 
Here's why. We're all shocked. First and foremost, he was the youngest QB ever to start a game. So just on those merits, he'll be better because he'll be a little bit older. Guys, right? he's on the Jets. He's on the Jets. Correct. He had some bad games last season. Yes, yes, we know. But he got much better. <laughs> he got much better. How much better? In the last, in the final three weeks of the regular season, he was the highest rated quarterback in the league. That's yeah. right. Higher than Patrick Mahomes. Higher than uh, anyone you can name. Patch he was Mahomes. higher. Patch Mahomes. Yes. In the final three weeks of the regular season, highest rated. Adam Gase is coming, right? Now, I'm going to mention something that you may not know. BrotoFantasy.com has this thing called True Throw Value, which was invented by Jason Petropoulos, which you'll hear on the uh, Monday show, right? So what it does is it assigns values to how much a throw is worth in terms of production, Last year, Ryan Tannehill didn't throw that much. But when he did, he was one of the more productive quarterbacks in the league. Now, that comes as a surprise because it, no one expected to hear that, right? But a lot of that has to do with Adam Gase and his system that makes quarterbacks very efficient. He's going to be in that system. The addition of Le'Veon Bell, that's the best safety blanket a quarterback could have. Mm. On top of that, Robbie Anderson said that he's extending his route tree, right? And for people who are Jets fans and you watch Robbie Anderson, yes, he's a nine threat, but you always could see that he has more to offer. And I think that he has more to offer. And I think adding that gives another dimension. Quincy Anunwa and Chris Herndon as well, on top of Jamison Crowder in the slot. Now, these aren't the best weapons, but these are much better weapons than he was uh, equipped with last year. And these are, are weapons that are taking the next step with him, and Adam Gase can put in a position to succeed. On top of that, they add uh, Coleccio Simile to the offensive line, who have a solid left tackle, solid right tackle. Um, so I'm going to say that Sam Darnold is next up, and he's going to take that step. Don't be surprised if he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league next next year, a la Jared Goff. I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i not going to say he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but a la Patrick Mahomes in the second year, a la a lot of guys who take that next step forward. Now, look, relax. Relax yourselves over there. I'm not saying it'll be Patrick Mahomes. I think you need to relax. Yeah. No, no. I, I prefaced it because I knew you guys would be like, I'm not saying he'll be Patrick Mahomes. I'm just telling you the that second, second year players – that's usually what Carson Wentz, another example of a second-year player that stepped up. That's what I'm I saying. I what you're saying. My face was referring to the whole Allah thing that you were doing. Allah! I, uh, I went back recently because we have that Game Pass shit, and I watched the Jets-Packers game. That game really impressed me because he went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, and he really, like, outdueled them. It just so happened that Rodgers had the ball last. That's why they won. But Sam Darnold's the truth. Should have been my quarterback. But. <laughs> I can tell you, like he's talking. It's like he's talking about an ex that got away. Like, yeah, man, she's gonna make a great wife for that guy. She's gonna make a great. So one, you know how it's like the one girl you never had sex with, but you like you should have had sex with her. That's Sam Darnold with me. <laughs> you guys have anyone else? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I got Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. I love that too. Yeah. You got a good list, Nick. I think um, Mike Williams, Syracuse product, Buccaneers, fat contract. Yeah, I got Locked. the I got to throw him a pass when I went to the Syracuse camp. Fire! They were like, because he was quit still, the team because he was too good. He was still <laughs> he was still sucked. there. He was still there at the time. But yo, Mike Williams, uh, ten, double digit touchdowns last year. He really emerged and kind of pushed uh, Terrell Williams out the out the door. Charges didn't even bother to match the offer sheet to even bring him back. They're like, all right, man, you know, thank you for your time here, but good luck. 
Um, opposite of Keenan Allen, too. And you got Melvin Gordon. And you're going to have Hunter Henry coming back. A lot of people are not talking about the Chargers. People forget, like, yo, they won 12 games last year. They're not going to play a first-place schedule. They'll play a second-place schedule. Impy, we might be all in on the Chargers again this year, brother, brother. Uh, and they made some nice moves, man. I like what they did. They really brought back everyone back. And I think the emergence of a guy who was the – it was a Corey Davis draft. I thought he was the best receiver in the, that draft class coming out of Clemson. And the knock on him was he wasn't healthy his first year. So last year he was healthy. Big body guy for Phillip Rivers, and I think he's going to take the next step. Projecting like 1,200 yards for him, y'all. I like that. I'm thinking big for, for Mike like Williams it. in that offense. I like it a lot. I got a, another wide out, too. Curtis Samuel. He so, kind of had his coming out party last interesting. year. Interesting. I like DJ Moore this year to step well, up. Well, DJ Moore is the number one, obviously. I mean, yeah. Devin Funches. Not that Devin Funches was doing much of anything there. Uh, Funches. He had a bad year last year. He had a good year two years ago. Last year kind of fell apart, but there's that just leaves more targets to go around. Truth. So. I think Curtis Samuel, who's kind of like a hybrid guy, even though they have McCaffrey is taking the carries and catching passes out of the backfield, but he could line up in the backfield because he was a running back at Ohio State. Um, yeah, he can get it done from anywhere. I, I expect his numbers just to go up even more. I know he had 84 rushing yards on eight carries last year, so he had a couple rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns, seven touchdowns total. I expect him to build on those numbers, man. I expect him to push like close to a thousand yards, like another 800, like 800 yards. I think is really realistic for Curtis Samuel here. In year three. He's dangerous on those end arounds too. Right, right. Like, he's really good with the misdirection plays. It's really him, DJ Moore, and, and you know, washed up Torrey Smith. So, there's yeah. not much there in his way anymore. So, Curtis Samuel, I think the takeover starts this year with Cam Newton. I like it. I like it. My last guy is Tariq Cohen. I think that he's going to take the next step up this week. This he's going to have to. Yep. I mean, look, they got rid of Jordan Howard. Uh, they, they're signed Mike Davis, yes, to take that role, but he's not the same guy as Jordan Howard. They're obviously showing confidence in Tariq Cohen, and for good reason. Last year... 1,200 total yards. Uh, he broke 21% of attempted tackles on him. Just so you know like where that stands, that's good for 11, 11th in the league amongst running backs who qualify. This is a guy who's 5'6 on good days, and he's breaking tackles like that. He runs really low to the ground. He runs really strong for a guy like that, and he's super elusive. And I think that's something that Matt Nagy and that offense can really take advantage of. Um, he's playing with a young QB that runs. And I think that's another important one because when you have a running QB, those RPOs and those misdirections, they become a lot better. On top of that, Anthony Miller, again, he was a rookie last year, rookie rookie wide receiver, but there was one point where he got the most space away from corners than any receiver in the league. Now, he didn't end that way, but he still ended towards the top of the most space, according to Matt Harmon, who, if you guys know Matt Harmon, he's like a, he does reception perception. He's a, he's a fantasy analyst. Uh, so I like... The even though it's not an addition, I like the addition by progression that Anthony Miller is going to bring and open up that offense, and I just think that they're going to put him in a position to succeed. So I think Tariq Cohen really takes the next step up this year. Yeah, I mean, he has like no I choice said, he, but to. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to have to because they're going to feature him a lot. I think. I mean, you sure you work Mike Davison, but he's going to be the feature back. They're going to throw that down. He didn't get many carries last year, but. And who's to say he will? I mean, they it's hard of, to give a guy like that carries. He's tiny, bro. For, yeah, for his longevity. Shit out of him. You don't yeah. have. So they're, they're still gonna give. They're gonna give Mike Davis the ball. I mean, ultimately, he is just like a. I, th- solid I think the best. I guess the best usage for Tariq Cohen is to get him 15 touches. I was gonna say he's gonna get at least 15 touches a game. Just get no him. Fift- it could be five carries, ten catches. Maybe one game it's 10, 10 rushes, five catches, but. I think 15 is a good number. It's a new. It's a new day too. You don't have to be an in the between the tackles runner to be a feature back. Like you it's could feature a, a back day. out of there. Yes, it is. It is a new day. 
It's a wrestling reference. Oh, okay. Kofi Kingston, what? first black champion. Shout out, you know. First black champion? First African-born uh, champion. Oh, African World born. heavyweight. I was about to yeah, say, yeah, Booker T is a five-time, five-time, well, five-time world heavyweight well, he champion. Was, he was a WCW champ. As far as WWE, it's, it's the first one. Truth. Truth. Yo, shout out to Booker T. That's your man. Spinner Rooney, whose man isn't that? That's true. With the bookend? Yo, Harlem Heat, nah, baby. Nah, I don't fuck with the bookend because that was the rock bottom. That was the rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with that. He, the bookend came before the rock bottom, though. The book no, that's not true. Yes. Is it true? Yeah. Booker T, I mean, at least Booker T was wrestling before the rock was. Mm. Scissor kick. I don't right know. I remember being the bookend, like coming out of nowhere and being like, oh, this looks like the rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. Remember when he used to. I just fuck with the name, bro. That name is fire. The bookend. Yeah. <laughs> the bookend is fire. It's not better than the rock bottom, though. Nah, it's not. Well, it's because it's known as the rock bottom. What, right. were you, what were you saying? It was fire when he used to like take his hair, like shake his dreads around. Yeah, his dreads. And oh go yeah, up and down. Just... Yeah, I love that. You know how many times I've tried to attempt a, a spin a Rooney and like Failed. gone nowhere. <laughs> and how many people went to tie their shoes and got a fucking scissor kick? Oh uh, yeah, that was like a staple in our childhood. Fucking d- our buddy David. Every time someone bent over, he would scissor kick him. Yeah, like legit too. <laughs> and he had long bony ass legs, so this shit yeah. would hurt like hell. Mass sharp. Scissor kicks. Scissor kicks are fire. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that is our NFL show for today. Uh, Tim, where can they find you? At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. You can also find me watching that Game of Thrones on Sunday. I'm mad excited about that. BrotoFantasy.com as well. Um, we got a we got a nice episode coming for you, I think, uh, on Sunday. So prepare for that. That's our next episode. We're doing Game of Thrones characters as athletes. Mm. Holla. I'm excited. <laughs> Can't wait for Game of Thrones. I'm a nerd. For real. Nerd on that. Nerd yeah. out. You're nerded out right now. I nerd out on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nick? You can find me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch. At individual 27 on Twitter and the gram. You guys can find me on uh, social media at Joe Santagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And that is all. See you guys next time. Do it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.